This edition of The Best of Beer It Is is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. All right, everybody, my name is Nubias Woolborn. Today I am here at Wild Heaven down in Decatur, Georgia, which has kind of become like a nice little corridor of breweries. You have Wild Heaven, you have Blue Tarp, and you have Three Taverns, as well as a bunch of really cool beer bars, places to go to drink beer, all within near walking distance or biking distance. And one of the guys who is a big part of that scene is a man named Nick Purdy. He is pretty, but he's also pretty, and he's also brewing some really beautiful beer at Wild Heaven. Nick, how are you, my brother? I'm very good. Thanks for having me on. Man, thanks for being on, man. So let's dive into it. You guys have been brewing for six years, just had your two-year anniversary um, a few months ago. How'd you get here, man? You know, it was just a passion thing. Like, uh, my, my previous sort of world was uh, running a thing called Paste Magazine, which is a pop culture, you know, magazine that was really about showing people what was awesome and just pointing them toward better stuff. And when I fell in love with beer, uh, I kind of felt like the same evangelistic notion that I just had to show people, hey, there's something beyond Bud Miller, of course. And my, uh, my dear friend Eric Johnson had been creating amazing beers for a long time in his backyard in a very sophisticated homebrew setup. And I said, Eric, I don't understand why you haven't started a brewery yet. You're a freaking genius. But I would like to do this with you if you would. And, uh, and he said yes. And um, that was six years ago. And, uh, and this year we're having our by far biggest year yet, just growing explosively. He's just he's a genius. And I sort of get to shepherd uh, his creative talent and figure out how to turn that into like a business. So, so we're having we're having big fun doing it. So you mentioned evangelism and you mentioned shepherding. Wild Heaven, where'd that name come from, man? Tell me about it. Well, so Eric and I are both Georgia guys. He, he grew up in the Athens area, me in Atlanta. I, again, started Pace, which is a music-oriented magazine, and he's a musician. So we started looking around for brewery names. You know, Georgia and music were top of the list for us. And, and so actually the name Wild Heaven comes from the R.E.M. song Near Wild Heaven, which was nice. on the 1990 album Out of Time, which had Losing My Religion on it. Everybody would play that song. Nice. So it's like literally, it's combining both of your passions into Absolutely. a business. Yeah. And, you know, make a little bit of money, right? So, what was your first good beer? Like, when did you realize, like you said, you mentioned, tell people, hey, there's more than Bud, there's more than Heineken, there's more than Corona. What was your first yep. good beer? Yeah, so the first craft brewery in, in Atlanta, or really in Georgia, uh, was called Atlanta Brewing Company. These days they yep. go under the name uh, Red Brick Brewing. And back in the 90s, they had a beer called Red Brick Ale. It was a beautiful, big old, reddish brown ale. They make a version of it today, but it's not the same. But it was the first full-flavored beer I'd ever had. And I, I just fell in love with that. And then I moved to Seattle for a few years in the late 90s. Oh, nice. And, uh, and obviously you, you get to encounter some pretty, pretty great beers in a place like that. And uh, by the time I moved back to Atlanta in 2001, I was sort of, I had kind of turned into a beer guy, and uh, and this place uh, opened up uh, called the Brickstore Pub while I was in Seattle. And yep. for many Atlanta and Georgia beer people, that's kind of ground zero for our for our love for the greatest beers in the world. And and of course, like and I mentioned, Brickstore Pub, and of course, there's the Porter place like that. I mean, and you guys are like right near those places. Like, I mean, if I wanted to, I could ride a bike from here to Brickstore Pub pretty easily. Easily, yeah. And you mentioned the other two breweries right in our neighborhood, and there's a great brew pub called Twain's. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we had our own little kind of brewery district going on with some with some terrific beer bars in the area. Anytime somebody's at our brewery and says, hey, where should I go? I can tell them, like, five other outstanding places for both food and beverage. And, uh, and it's, it's really definitely become a scene. Georgia is probably one of the stronger chef communities you'll see anywhere. All those national TV shows are, are loaded with chefs from Atlanta. And so we, we have a very, very good symbiotic scene where the, the chefs and the brewers collaborate a lot, and uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Yeah, because last time I saw you was actually a place like maybe not even two blocks from you, blocks from you at my mother's basement. They were celebrating their anniversary. They got the comic books. They got some really amazing beer. And had on um, one of your brews on. Tell us about that. I think it's your Peach Goza, right? Yeah, we made a Peach Goza, and, you know, that's a style that, you know, people are really kind of getting into in Georgia, and actually the Peach thing kind of plays well there, and, you know, I love Goza right now because what, one thing that style does is it, it, when, you, when you use the salt kind of gently, it doesn't make the beer salty. It uses salt like you do in food where it brings out the other flavors. And so anything you're doing in a beer, you add a little salt to it. You can sometimes amplify certain flavors and, and really make something cool. So our peach goes as a 4%, like super low alcohol, but with this like really kind of, you know, crisp note and then the salt just makes you want that next. 
really fun. Thanks, man. That's that's beautiful. So right now, and I know it's like asking the parent what's their favorite baby, but what's yep. your favorite thing besides the peach? You just mentioned that, which may be your favorite, but other than that, what, what's what's your favorite thing that's on tap in your beautiful tasting room here, man? Well, you're right. There's, there, it's hard to pick, but I'll tell you two things. First, we, we waited five and a half years to put out an IPA, which is by far the most popular style of craft beer. Mm-hmm. The reason we waited that long to put out Wise Blood IPA is that our philosophy is if we can't add something new to the conversation, there's enough other great beers. You don't just need a random interpretation of a style from Wild Heaven. You only need greatness from us, so we hold ourselves to that. But the next thing is we the most popular beer we've had for most of our history until we put out emergency drinking beer two years ago was called Ode to Mercy, and it's a big brown ale with big coffee notes in it. And we have found a new technology that's going to allow us to make a nitro version of that in a regular can without a widget or a ping pong ball or anything else at the bottom of the can. And in in September, we're going to be putting out uh, nitro Ode to Mercy cans. And let me tell you, I've got to spend some time with some test cans, and it is my thing right now. Let me tell you, it is... Incredible, dude. That, that's what here. I'm. That's what I'm sipping on now. As we have this show here, and I will tell you what, man, it is one of the better beers. And you know, I, I wouldn't BS you, man. It's one of the better beers I've had in the state of Georgia so far. Just, I, I like the Old Mercy the original, but the brown ale. I think like your um, one of your volunteers told me it's like taking the sandpaper and it's like rounding off the edges of it, man, making it real smooth. Real it easy. is. Some of, some of the big, some of the flavors come out even more brightly, and I'll, I'll do that for people. I'll, I'll actually put them. I put a little sampler of our regular Ode to Mercy, which is again a wonderful, beloved beer. Yes, and then we and then you put the nitro version next to it, and they're like, "Whoa!" And so uh, that "whoa" is that's what you're going for. You, nice, you want man. That moment. So tell me this. Take, let's walk it back a little bit, man. And you talk about you're into music, you have pace, and other things like that. So how did it feel the first time you went to a restaurant and saw your beer on tap? Was that like like the equivalent of like an artist? Hearing themselves on the radio the first time? Uh, yeah, I mean, you bet. Particularly when you go to a place that's like, you know, really amazing and respected in your city. I'll give you a very specific example. There's a there's a very beloved neighborhood restaurant in Virginia Highlands in Atlanta called Murphy's. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when, when Murphy's put Ode to Mercy on, I'm like, well, we're legit. I mean, if Tom Murphy thinks it's good enough, it's good enough. And so, yeah, that moment is it's, it's amazing. And going back to the pace thing, it was like to be in the magazine on the newsstand at Borders or Barnes & Noble, you know? So, you know, that valid, we take, um, we don't take anything for granted as far as somebody choosing to sell our beer. They have, they have almost infinite options. They don't need Wild Heaven. So anytime they choose Wild Heaven and, and want to align our brand with what they're doing creatively, well, that's, that's, a, that's always a huge vote of confidence and it's a big honor. And so we always try to, be really grateful when we see somebody you know make that decision nice nice and okay let's talk a little bit of let's talk a little bit of functionality um what are you guys brewing on um tell me about your system tell me how it works i'm sorry could you say that again i'm saying what are you guys brewing on now in terms of like our our, our brew house yes or what are we working on yeah 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 no, yeah your, your brew house tell me about your brew house tell me how it works tell me how it kind of functions yeah, so yeah, so we have a 30-barrel brew house, and it's, it's really the most historic one in the history of Georgia. That's big boy, 30 barrels, that's a lot. Yeah, and, and what's awesome about it is it is the it is the system that Sweetwater Brewing commissioned to launch their brewery back in 1997. So Georgia's biggest brewery, possibly the South's biggest brewery, to be honest with you, a craft brewery, um, you know, we have their original system. After the Sweetwater had it for a few years, they it ended up at Terrapin Brewing out in Athens. Wow. They made Terrapin beer for 10 years, and then it came over to us and so we feel like we've got this this set of equipment that's just got amazing mojo you know it's made some of the some of the best beer that's been made in the south yeah i mean when, when you tie yourself to sweetwater who like i said i mean you could buy sweetwater in japan now you can you can literally take a flight almost anywhere in the world to buy sweetwater beer and terrapin i mean they're pretty big boy and so to tie yourself to that has to be I mean, not to say you don't think you're good at your own, because every brewer I know thinks they're the best, but sure. that has to be a pretty darn good feeling. Well, and, and what comes with it is the relationship. You know, the guys at Terrapin have been extremely generous to us and have answered so many questions and have been just super helpful. So, you know, the equipment is one thing. It's the relationship that's really the uh, the amazing part. So, man, okay, you're going on a 30-barrel system. How much beer are you putting out a year, man? Or what's the goal? Well, I mean, we're right now, I mean, the curve is just, it's up. It's what you want to see. And I, I did some calculations recently. And, you know, for the mid, for like July, we were pacing as if we were like a six and a half or 7,000 barrel a year brewery. And 
That's about twice where we were at that time last year. Wow. I think I think by the end of this year we'll be pacing close to ten thousand barrels. So it's pretty exciting. We're, our, our main problem right now is to figure out how to get get more beer out the door, and so we're looking at different equipment things. We recently added a centrifuge; it's been a huge help. And you know, it's always about more tanks, more stainless steel, more more expensive expensive uh, pieces of equipment. Um, but you know, right now we're we're having to manage what we're even able to say yes to in terms of distribution opportunities. And so, and, and you guys, um, um, you guys are distributing with United, or am I wrong there? I didn't hear that. Brown, you guys, you guys are distributing with Brown, correct? Or what? No, Crown. I'm sorry, Crown. Yeah, Georgia Crown here in yeah, Crown, here yeah. Georgia. Yep, we're in Georgia Crown. Yep, it's been great. And we've expanded to Chattanooga and Nashville. And oh, nice. We might we might have done that a little bit prematurely. We're not able to send quite as much beer as, as we really hoped we could, and as much demand as there is. But we're doing our best to catch up with that. So, I mean, these are good problems to, to have demand that you can't quite fill yet. So, man, where do you want to be in you know the infamous like I guess the, you call it the dating question, right? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years. Well, I mean, you just want to be a, a brewery that's known for quality and consistency. Excellent beers all the time. We certainly have visions of being distributed at least throughout the Southeast. Beyond that, it's hard for me to speculate. Nice. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of work that can be done in the Southeast. It's still the, you know, while there's been amazing strides made in the last five years or so, it's still behind the rest of the country in terms yeah. of penetration of craft beer and so, you know, we want to be part of that story of helping more and more people find, hey, there's a better option. And so we're just going to work really, really hard on that. Well, it's one of those things I was telling, you know, I was talking to some guys the other day. I was like, well, I think Georgia, and you may notice this even better than I do, I think Georgia has like 45 production. Yeah, and about, you know, about a third of those are, are, are brew pubs. Yeah, so, so I'm saying. So really, really, realistically, let's say about Georgia has maybe 30 breweries that are actively, like the whole state, that are actively yeah. like packaging and producing yep. beer. Um, yep. Ann Arbor alone has like 25. You know what I'm saying? Ann Arbor, Yeah, Michigan. and you know what? Georgia has been, you know, at the bottom of the list per capita for a long time. I think Georgia is still 48 per capita in breweries. And Georgia, sure. if you didn't know, is the ninth most populous state in the country and the 16th biggest craft beer market in the country. So there's a huge amount of potential. Our laws don't allow us to sell beer directly to customers. So what's missing in Georgia are not the decent-sized, you know, packaging and distributing breweries. We're actually doing okay there. We're, what we're missing is the is the three or four dozen neighborhood breweries that probably wouldn't turn into distributing breweries, but right. are primarily going to sell beer over the bar and to go to their neighbors and people in their community. And Georgia's laws just don't allow for that business model to even exist. And so we're missing, I would estimate, 30 to 40 breweries like that that would just be scattered in every little town around the state. It would be... It's a wonderful part of each community, and you know, you know, Wild Heaven definitely supports the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild, and we're working hard to change laws so that that type of business model is possible one day. We're losing jobs and, and all kinds of things by not having it. Hey everyone, this is your man Jeremy from the Crown and Collars Podcast. Just reminding you that you are listening to a CSPN media presentation. And to check out Crown and Collars every Wednesday so we can tell you what your aunt does when you're not around. This episode of the Beer It Is Podcast is sponsored by Busted Tees. Your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. Cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, geek culture, and much more are on sale right now. To help keep our podcast free, you can order from Bust Tees by going to our official website, cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then clicking on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Busted Tees banner, and then you can shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. And 
And guys, you're listening to Beer It Is. My name is Tobias Rubo, and I'm here at Southern Tier in Lakewood, New York. It is literally on the lake. There's mountains, there's trees, and I'm at Southern Tier with Karen Stengel. She's the quality control manager, or czar, as I would say. I mean, you know, she's, she's making it work, man. She's making it happen. She controls it. If it's because, like, if you go get a Southern Tier beer, and look, I've lived in Tallahassee, Florida. I've been in Atlanta. I've been in Cleveland, Ohio, and I've been in Miami. And one thing I will say is that whatever a pumpkin tastes the same, no matter where I'm at. Good. How do you guys do that? So that's what really helps when we moved on to the one tail, 110 barrel Steinecker system that you mentioned. Is we have an opportunity to make sure that our consistency is there, and that's what consumers want, and that's what we want. We want to make sure that our beer hits that target on flavor, on IBU, on ABV every single time. So we can do that now that we have this beautiful engineered system. Nice. And how long have we had this big, the big system? Uh, I know that our first brew rolled off the line in 2012. Nice system. So they, I'm sure they were installing it in February uh, 2012 is when we rolled off for 22, one of our discontinued brands, but. I know that in all of 2011, they were they were building and, and working on this. And they actually had to install all the tanks first. And then they built this beautiful surrounding that we're in around the tanks after they've been installed. We're, we're sitting up in the, the Shillander or Brewer's house. As it's known. Man, and this is a beautiful place. Like, I'm sitting here looking. I mean, look around. Karen's beautiful. But more importantly, like, there's, like, trees and mountains. The sun is out, like, in... I got like four really good beers. I have the three CPO. I have the new school. I have the un- unearthly IPA, which we're going to talk about a little bit more. And I have the harvest. And I already sipped a little bit of that. Karen took some of mine, but it's okay. I won't. I won't be too mad at her because I mean, it's good that she likes her own beer. And it's really interesting to see how this facility is. And what's going on here? So we're named for what we call this region is the southern tier of western New York. And sometimes it's funny to hear people who live what would normally be considered in the south of the United States going, why are you called southern tier? It doesn't make any sense. You're in New York. But it's, it's a whole region here. We have, is. we have lakes. We have big rolling hills. Uh, people flock to this area in the fall to see the color changes in the leaves. Yes. Uh, it's a big deal. And then we get those harsh-ass winters that you're all hearing about. Oh, you know, bless the south of Buffalo and the snow belt. My car is only minus. 21 while I'm driving to work in the mornings in February, so it's no joke. Hey, look, I, I lived in Cleveland for three years and, and really technically four winters, so I get it because like we shared in Lake Erie, so I was drinking a lot of Great Lakes, I was drinking a lot of um, Hoppin', Hoppin' Frog and Thirsty Dog and a lot of those different places and yeah. Bold Eyes yeah. and Fatheads. Fat and, speaking of, and speaking of Fatheads, oh, yeah. they're in Pittsburgh. They are. They're on the stri- on the south side on Carson yes. Street. And you guys are in Pittsburgh. We're in Pittsburgh, yeah. Let's we talk have, about that. We broke ground on a brew pub in Pittsburgh. It's on the main drag on the North Shore, right between the baseball and football stadiums. Nice. Um, we're hoping for end of football season, at least beer garden area to be open. We're putting in a seven or eight barrel system down there. We've hired a brewer for it, so there will be some special brews coming right out of that brew house. Right, right. Literally, the pipe's going over your head as you're sitting down there. Can't get better than that. Food and beer on the North Shore in Pittsburgh. So please come see us. That's as fresh as it gets. And it's interesting because, like, Fatheads is one of my favorite breweries. I mean, their their IPAs are bananas. They're tight. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool. So what are you drinking other than your own stuff? Other than my own stuff? I mean, I I know you guys got some great stuff, but what are you drinking other than your own stuff? I'm not going to lie. I just got back from the World Brewing Congress in Denver where all the beer science nerds across the globe meet for a few days to hash things out and solve all the problems. Um, Epic is one of my beer crushes. So they have a a pub in Denver. Nice. And they they gave us uh, beer shots of a a loco. Okay. Ooh. Uh, Super delicious. Something about that beer. Uh, It's it's really it reminds me of our Southern Tier Live. It's got a lot of that citrus hop character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like citrus hop. It has like the like a sweet tang mm-hmm. background. Yes, yes, yes. It was pretty good. Yes, so I, I like, like that, that one. Um, I also really like some of the Allagash that's going on. I had a Allagash is doing some dope stuff. Finish them up in Maine, and they treated me like a VIP when I walked in. You know what? One of my favorite beers still, and you know, it's just by the way, we actually listen to beer. It is on the six minute network. My name is Tobias Woodmore. I'm here with Karen Stengel at Southern Tier. I always tell people, you don't have to only drink whales. Sometimes, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I like a good whale beer. I like a good, and by the way, if you don't know what I mean by whale, that means, like, an exclusive, hard-to-get beer, right? But there's a lot of good beer in between that and drinking a Budweiser. 
Yeah. Like, there's, like, Allagast, right, it, to me, is still a really good, clean beer. Yeah. I mean, they're they're the, the kings and queens of, of Belgians up there, and so yes. I was lucky enough to see their cool ship Ooh. and uh, hang out up there for a hot minute. And you know what? Speaking of even lesser whales, you want to talk about small fish in the pond. Uh, Maine Brewing Company. Yes, yes, yes. Dinner. Mm. I was there the day that the dinner cases went on sale for 100 bucks a piece, but couldn't get in line in time. Oh, wow. But they got some special stuff going on up there, too, with beer and uh, beer two and beer five. Nice. And, like, Maine has some really cool stuff because they get, like, a lot of, like, that maple. So, like, if you get, like, a really good barrel-aged beer, they're going to have, like, that maple yeah. kind of CBS feeling. Speaking of that. <laughs> You're going to my secrets. Yeah. You guys got a beer. So I'm hearing about. We took one of our Belgians called Grand Arbor. It was uh, the sugar source in that is maple syrup from the maple syrup tree farm from across the road as he sips my beer now because that's the level we're on right 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 because we're out here just you sharing know. is caring by the way this is beer it is and i'm with karen Stengel, so yeah we're sipping beer <laughs> and i had to have a little bit more of that we took that grand arbor belgian and we put it in oak barrels in our warehouse for 20 months 20 months that's almost longer than like brock stewart was in jail for well anyway we'll go there but 20 months it's super delicious um it's going into kegs at nearly 12% alcohol, so... It, it's actually like, it goes into kegs at 12%, so it, it can do some interesting things in kegs. And it's interesting, because, like, I lived in Cleveland, and, you know, Cleveland had a cat. Right. But now it's gone. Now it's gone, and so... I'm, I'm hearing... Ohioans, watch out. You may get a sip of this delicious stuff now that you're allowed to have it out right. there. And it may have a name. It may have a name. We won't go there. I can't go on it because, you know, I'm fingers crossed that there's right. no trademarks and I get to but, take it. But, but keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. No hey, eyes. as DJ Khaled says, we're up to something. And speaking of that, by the way, guys, you listen to Beer It Is on the CSPN Network, managed by Slowborn. I am here at Southern Tier with Karen Stengel, who is a quality control manager here. So, Karen doesn't necessarily brew, but she kind of does. So, tell me an interesting story about you and the brewing area trying to learn how this big boy system works so i'm relatively new to brewing i had all the biology and chemistry and microbiology background but um it was really fun coming here i found the job on twitter Mm. so those of you searching for brew jobs keep your eyeballs peeled for tweet feeds on the twitter what's your twitter by the way karen i'm at stangular oh nice spell it out for the people s-t-a-n-g L, like Stangle, but with a lot less vowels than you need. And then U-L-A-R, so Stangular. Nice. You'll find me on Twitter. Find her on the Twitter. Always sharing all the Southern Tier news, and especially a lot of the salespeople are on it. So you can find someone who's a salesperson for Southern Tier and figure out where we're having promotions and events because it'll be their name with STBC at the end. Nice. That's a good little inside tip. Inside tip. We give you those on Beer It Is. (laughs) Here on the CSPN Network, my name is Tobias Wilborn, here with Karen Stangle. Karen Stangle's putting you all up on game on how this brewery, how this industry goes. So keep in mind, and that actually brings me another question. Sure. Karen, I mean, obviously, clearly, you know, you're a woman. And by the way, Karen is the first woman on the podcast, so I'm very... I am so honored and so thrilled to be here. And so I'm happy. And, I, and by the way, I want to get more women. And, and me as a young black dude, I want to get more women minorities into drinking beer, into drinking cat beer. And make it a safe place for them to come do it. Speaking of that, Karen, um, how has this industry been for you as a woman? Learning it, getting into it, and asserting your way. Southern Tier has been a great place to do it. Um, In Western New York region, it's fantastic. It's originally my home region. So I feel a little more comfortable navigating here to Mm -hmm. begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, But also... When you go to a place like World Brewing Congress, yeah. you meet the president of the American Society for Brewing Chemists, who happens to be a woman. Nice. You meet Lauren Salazar, who's the blender for New Belgium, and yeah, watch yeah. her speak on panel, and how she knows every single voter by name and nickname and number nice. and its output and how to deal with it. And so I feel like the, the bearded... Lumber, mendrosexual right. brewer is out there, but the next beard guy, lot, right? Yeah, there's a lot more women in the brewing industry than we even know about. Right, and so we're here, we're drinking it. There's a girls' pint out. I know there's an Erie chapter right up here in Erie, PA that's yeah. really active. Girls' pint out, like always about what's going on and getting women involved in the beer industry. So I made a lot of great contacts, both male and female, and everyone just treats you like you're in and you know what's going on. Nice, and 
And that's important because you guys are listening to Beer It Is on the CSPN Network Managing by School Board. I'm here with Karen Stangle at Southern Tier. And so from that, like, if it's a young lady. Yeah. And she's like, I don't like beer. I don't drink beer. What do you say to her? How do you, how do you get her to try some stuff? Well, I respect everyone's opinion because you have your own flavors and you've been through your own yeah. palate journeys, we'll call them, in life. So you know what you like and you know what you don't like. Mm-hmm. But if you get to a place where you're willing to try something, be honest about what flavors you like. Be honest about how much alcohol you want in it. Mm. And right now, in the craft beer industry, there is something that will fit everybody. Well, and I hope that what you find is what Southern Tier has made. Well, you know, what, you know what I find interesting? with women in particular I'll find that if she says well I don't like beer okay fine I'm like well what, what do you like and I'm like well I like I like Starbucks I like coffee she'll like creme brulee she'll like creme brulee she'll like too espresso right she'll like too espresso is a good one yeah she'll like um, the one that we made in collaboration it was a coffee blonde Ooh, coffee. we put that one down south too and so we made a blonde ale so it's not super hoppy mm-hmm. but we we hung bags of fresh ground coffee nice. in it yeah. for a certain number of days and brought it out and it has a sweet almost green coffee flavor yeah. we love a, our triple cafe which has green coffee beans in it mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of the gozas are making a big wave the gozas are fun yeah. for people who didn't normally like a lot of the hoppy dry bitter IPAs um, they're salted they're flavored now a lot of times ours is cherry imperial so nice. of course you got a cherry ghost coming out right well it's it's out. Yeah, it's it's out. for the summer, and uh, of course, because we're Southern Tier, it's not just a five percent goza. We put it at eight point one. Ooh, that's and a big boy goza. Cherry concentrate from farms up in Niagara County, Western New York. So. Nice. And so, speaking of salted, yeah, getting into salted caramel. Salted caramel. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned it. Another one of our Blackwater series. You know, everyone on the market is craving one of those, and there's some others out there. But um, usually, when Southern Tier hits one of those, we nail it pretty well, and and I'm pretty proud of this one. It's got the undertone of salt that you catch on the back end of your palate, and it's got the sweetness of caramel, but it's not dosed with sugar. You get that stout flavor coming through. Nice, and that's just one of those one that's real smooth. That's one like you could say, okay, what do you like? What flavors do you like? Somebody says I like salted caramel. I got some for you. Exactly. We also are doing, you know, our One Buffalo brand, which is local to the area for our One Buffalo bills and sabers. Um, it's our entry level, we call it. Entry level, yeah, you gotta have those, yeah. Um, so, for those of you who are normally drinking Bud or Labatt, give this one a try and support Buffalo. Nice, I like it. And, and, and I, I think that's the thing, but, by the way, good to guys, guys, listen to Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. I'm here with Karen Stangle here at Southern Tier. And we're just in this fantastic one part of the tasting room. Because they have a downstairs and an upstairs. We're like in the exclusive area, it feels like. And we went through their whole one tin barrel system with their silos and just tons of fermenters. And I saw their hop room. I saw... Yes, and they're not playing around here, man. Like, like, they're really taking the beer seriously, and they're really doing a lot of fun things with flavors. I think you can tell we take it seriously because we have a six-person quality team that looks mm. out for this, which is also kind of unheard of for a brewery our size. Yeah. Um, and then everyone is involved in quality. Everyone is involved in being a part of a sensory panel. Um, we have weekly communication meetings, and more than once a week, we're communicating between brewers and cellarmen and quality managers and packaging managers. And so how many brewers do you guys have on right now? Oh, gosh. Do you want me to count? Uh, we have a brew supervisor, a brew lead, an innovation brewer, and then three others. But our cellarmen and brewers train interchangeably so that everyone knows everybody's jobs and everybody can respect what it is you have to do. Wow. And then the cellarmen, how many cellar people do you have? Uh, cellar, same cellar, thing. Cellar supervisor, cellar lead. This is Tim Dog from the Comic Book Chronicles. Make sure to join myself, Agent 70, Dirt, and Roddy Cat live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as we discuss the latest breaking comic book news and also review the new comic books each week, along with discussing TV shows, movies, and much more. And make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com. You can listen to the Comic Book Chronicles every Friday by subscribing to the Cold Slither Podcast Network.
Hello, everybody. Once again, this is your man, Tobias Wilborn, and I am here with a really good friend of mine. We're in Atlanta, but he's from Tampa, Cigar City, my man Nick Callahan, with the silent G, like the Irishman did. Yeah, they're the real Nick way to spell it. Right, there you go. So, Nick is a, I guess, like brand, I guess, storyteller type person for Cigar City, which has become as big of a brand in craft beer as there is. We're, we're trying. So my, my position is to kind of um, take all the technical information uh, from what happens in the brew house and then digest it down into information that makes sense for our sales team, for our marketing team to kind of, we do a lot of really, really cool beer and to tell that story behind the cool beer. Every one of our beers has a really interesting story behind it. So that's my job is to make sure everybody knows what's happening out in the world. Um, so my title is actually Elector. Um the name Cigar City, Highlight, Maduro, all that stuff is very much tied into Tampa history and right. Florida history. Mm-hmm. So Tampa, we're called Cigar City because Tampa was the biggest purchaser of Cuban-made tobacco in the world before the revolution. Mm. Um, hundreds of thousands of people were employed in the cigar-making business, especially early 1900s and late 1800s. Wow. So back then, obviously, there weren't TVs, there weren't radios to keep the people entertained while they were rolling. They would hire a guy named an elector, and his job was to get up on a platform and literally sit down and read the paper. He would sit there and he'd project and he would keep people that were working in the cigar factory up to date on what was happening in the world. They would read political papers. They would read books. So essentially it was to keep them entertained and keep them up to date on what's happening. And what I do with Cigar City is kind of do the same thing. Keep people up to date on what's happening in the world of Cigar City. Wow. And that's like both internally and externally. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Hey, exactly. So it's yeah. kind of interesting because I'd imagine communicating with with brewers and production people, maybe a little bit different than dealing and communicating with the layman. We have some wonderful brewers that are incredibly talented, very, very uh, technically focused, but might not have the easiest time digesting that information into something that makes sense for the, for the sales team or makes sense to the consumer. So that's my job, to take all the technical stuff and then make it make sense and kind of tell the story for uh, for the brewery, which is nice. I get to hang out and talk about beer for a living. Right. Speaking of, speaking of telling stories, we do it each and every week here on Beer It Is on the CSP Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. I'm here with Nick Callahan with the silent G, like, mm-hmm. like the old school G's do it back in Irishtown. <laughs> and we're just here rocking and rolling. Now, you're from Atlanta. We talked about the story of your place. Talk about the story of you. You're from Atlanta originally, right? Uh, from New York originally. From New York originally, excuse kind of me. Long and winding road, but I ended up in Georgia in 2010. Okay. And when I moved to Georgia, there were, I think, 10 craft breweries in the whole state. Oh, back wow. In 2010. So that was, let's see, that was Red, Red Brick, Sweetwater, Terrapin, mm-hmm. was even like Wild Heaven. Not even Wild Heaven, no, 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 excuse me. I was um, Red Hair, maybe? Red Hair wasn't even open yet. So who, I'm trying to think who all were. Who were the other ones? Let's well, that see. includes brew pubs. So, you know, oh, that's right. A you couple had, um, of the five seasons. Five seasons. Had, um, Shout out to him. Uh, Copper Creek up in Athens. There were a I couple of Copper Creek. Yeah. Moon River down in Savannah. So right, right, right. Yeah, that, a couple, couple spots, but, but there wasn't a lot. No. Yeah, I mean, because no. Monday night hadn't even come around there. I think they were like 2012. Then yep. Red Hair. I think they were like out that 2012. Wow, it's just now that you said that, it's amazing how quickly the scene has changed in the state from 2010. But you said um, when you came. Ten brewers in the whole state. Yeah, it was very uh, very much in its nascent stages. Um, and ended up getting a job, and it's kind of coincidental we're sitting here at Wild Heaven having a beer because Eric, who's the brewmaster and one of the owners at Wild Heaven, got me my first job in, in beer in Georgia. So mm. I worked for him at a bar out in Athens called Trapeze. Oh, yeah. That's the infamous place, man. A, and that, a lot place of, is phenomenal. A lot of the craft beer scene that Georgia has become, I think, is a big part of that place. And one of the other places that has kind of further prolificate the craft beer scene in the state is Brickstore Pub yep. and I think you're a little bit familiar with that place a little bit I worked there for um, a couple of years and if, a, if the opportunity hadn't presented itself with Cigar City I never would have left the Brickstore um, those guys are phenomenal and what they've done for beer in the state I, I don't think you could put a value on so they opened up in 1997 mm. and there was a 6% ABV cap on beer so they opened up no TVs, no pitchers, no drink specials, nothing but craft beer, no Bud Miller Coors, and everything had to be below 6%, and they made it work. Yeah. And it was in Decatur, and Decatur really, there was, no, there was nothing it going on. It wasn't the craft beer bastion of, no. it wasn't like it is now where, like I said, we're here at Wild Heaven, uh, right across from us, of course, is my parents' basement, which yep. is really cool stuff. There's Beer Growler, and then there's two breweries just right now. There's Blue Tarp, and there's... Um, Three taverns. Three taverns. Yeah. Shout out to Urine and um, Brian Purcell over yeah. there making it happen, man. I, I'll tell you a funny story about a popular beer that they sell that you wouldn't believe just being from Atlanta, but we'll get there later. Um, and Blue Chalk, of course. Um, yeah, so, and then, of course, there's uh, the other brew pub um, that's been there for a while. Twain's is Twain's, over there, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't all that. Yeah. When I mean, it was Brickstore Pub and 
and that was it. That was about it, and and I mean that for beer certainly, but I mean restaurants. There yeah. were there weren't a ton of restaurants in Decatur back in the, the late nineties. It was like you're going, you're where are you going? You're going to Decatur? Why the hell would you want to go there? Right. So man, this is this this is a place near and dear to my heart. Um, I love Atlanta, and and to see what the beer scene has become up here is really incredible. Just in the you know six years that I've been involved with beer in Georgia, it's, it's been great. Yeah, and so I saw you yesterday at the Strong Beer Fest at Rickin Bar. Yep. Talk about Decatur. I know it kind of pushes the boundaries of Decatur, but we'll consider that That's kind close of enough. close enough. Yeah. And that festival was to me, if not the best festival in the state of Georgia, I can't imagine. Depot Fest was really cool. Mm-hmm. That Scott uh, from Wild Heaven, I mean, excuse me, Scott from um, Burr Hickory had put on, which was cool. Yeah. But yeah, that guy's a lunatic. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. I said had him on last week. I'm sorry. I know he's a good man though. No, he's he's phenomenal. He brews a great beer, but yeah, he's a weirdo. But, but that's a great thing, honestly. No, he is. Um, and it's nice that he and I can hang out and talk about old punk rock records. Nice. Just as much as we can sit and talk about beer. And, and you know what? And you got to have that. And that festival is really cool because people brought their A-game. Yeah. And the Cater Beer Fest, we talked about the Cater earlier, is really cool. But Strong Beer Fest, everything over 8%. And you guys brought down a beer that has become, and I hate the word whale, but... <laughs> It's for different reasons. Sure. Um, but it's become like a beer that people hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, brought the Hunapu, man. Tell us about that. So that one is a beer that was first released back in uh, 2010. Sort of an anniversary beer for us. So we throw a big party around the beer release. The only way to get it is to actually be at the brewery. Uh, it's the second Saturday of March every year. So the first year that we did it, 2010, we had uh, you know maybe 150, 200 people hanging out in our warehouse, drinking beer, and it was a good time. Next year wider release, more people got excited about it, you know, it was close to a thousand and it kept growing and growing. So all the way up to point twenty thirteen where we had about seven thousand people in our parking lot in Tampa. Jeez. Like, it was it was a big old party. It was a blast. So at that point we said, all right, we gotta sell tickets. We need to kind of rein in the amount of people that can come in, you know, just right. for, for safety. Mm-hmm. So we sold tickets in twenty fourteen. Uh, we sold three thousand tickets. We had about six thousand people show up. People had fake tickets. People were climbing. Wow. People were climbing over fences. Jeez. People were literally climbing in through storm drains to come in and try and get some hunapu. It's a great beer, but man, it's yeah, it got pretty out of control. So we ended up running out of beer that year. Of course, I'm um, sure, yeah, because we had so many people that weren't supposed to be there. So the, there was screaming and yelling and gnashing of teeth, and the police had to, like honestly, the police had to be called, and it was uh, a shit show. So Joey Redner, who is our founder and our CEO, said that was a terrible idea. We're never doing that again. No way. And then two months later, he goes, No, no, that was a great idea. Let's do that again. That was a blast. So. <laughs> We tightened up the ticketing uh, system. We tightened up the way that we distributed bottles. So uh, it went very smoothly in 2015. 2016, we moved it off-site. Yeah. So we have it coming up uh, this upcoming year. We just sold tickets on uh, Thursday. Thursday. We released tickets for the event, and it's on the 11th of March, uh, 2017. So if somebody wants a ticket, what do they need to do? Uh, get on the Internet and hit refresh a whole bunch of times. Right now, they're... Break. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> tickets sell out in a matter of minutes. How, how many of you guys are selling this year, if you can share? Uh, we're planning for a few a few more thousand people than we had years previous. We don't like to put kind of a hard number on it, but it's going to be more people and it's going to be uh, more beer and more breweries this year. So we're wow. really, um, really excited. How many breweries are you thinking or expecting? This year we're going to do about 130 breweries. Wow. And it's all a lot of breweries that don't distribute in the state of Florida. Um, we always get our friends from Georgia to come down, so Wild Heaven will be there. Um, Burt Hickory will be there. Terrapin will be there. A lot of our buddies from, uh, from up here. And it, it's funny because... Well, obviously, I had spent some time in Georgia. Right. Our brewmaster Wayne had uh, brewed his one of some of his earlier uh, commercial brewing jobs back in the '90s were in Atlanta as well. Wait, was he like a, he was at Dogwood and some of those places, right? He wasn't at Dogwood. He was at um, a couple different brew pubs around Atlanta. Okay. He cut his teeth in Alabama, and before he was at Cigar City, he was up in uh, Winston Salem at Foothills. Oh yeah, Foothills. Man. So he's down. kind of he's made the rounds in uh, in the southeast for sure. And that's a grind, man. Uh, by the way, guys, listen to Beard is on the CSPN network, and we take you around the southeast and around the country on beer each and every week. I am here with Mick, my man Nick, excuse me, Neil Callahan yeah, that's all right. from Cigar City. Pardon me, we'll get it right. I've, I've been called everything but late for dinner. It's all right. <laughs> don't call me late for dinner and don't call me late for the beer. We'll make it work. I like um, it. We're at Wild Heaven, but my man's from Cigar City. That's right. The Electro. 
I love that title, man. That's one thing I like about when I meet you guys, like your business cards. They're so cool. Like, how'd you guys just come up with those kind of concepts for people? Well, like I said, the brewery itself, the names of our beers, everything's very much tied into Florida history and Tampa history. And you can't talk about Tampa history without talking about cigar making. Right. Um, so our Maduro Brown Ale is the first beer we ever brewed. We still brew it. I love I, that beer. I love that. That's my favorite year-round beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nothing Easy against, to get. Yeah, it's Nothing cool. against Highlight, but I'll take a Maduro over a Highlight most days. Okay, so people, okay, people who listen to this, they're, they're fans of Cigar City, and they're going to fight you over that. I'll, I'll get over it. it. <laughs> I'll, I'll get over it. I mean, I I drink Highline more than any other beer, but I right. still think for my money, I like Maduro as, as a beer oh, a little bit better. There's two things. One, brown ales have become such a forgotten style in beer because everybody's into the IPA, the hops, yeah. or the, the juicy. Well, anyway, I won't go there. Yeah. Um, not today, but... Um, everybody's into the IPAs, yeah. and I think Browns are a forgotten style. So to see that Maduro Brown still do well is a testament. Right? I, I would agree. So the Maduro, the name Maduro, it's the name of a very dark wrapper on a cigar. Yeah, yeah. Brown ale, dark wrapper. But um, that beer, really all of our beers and the name of our brewery, like I said, they're all tied into Tampa history. Mm. So when we're looking at, uh, I mean, we literally go through old books. We go through books about Tampa history. We go through wow. books about cigar making. And we go, oh, man, that elector, isn't that a cool idea? Isn't that the concept that this person would be in charge of getting people up to date and getting them kind of tuned into what's happening in the world? Isn't and that kind of, wouldn't it be cool to have a, a position like that that just focuses on Cigar City? So, That's dope, man. Like I said, I get to hang out and talk about beer for a living. So it, it, it's just about as good as a job as you've ever had. And I get to bring my dog to work, so I, I can't complain. Nice, man. That's a win. Yeah. Um so, like, where'd you go to school? Like, what's your background, man? Actually, I went to school for music. Um, I'm from New York originally. Okay. Went to a state school up in New York for music. Well, SUNY or SUNY? Yeah, or, yeah. SUNY Purchase. Yeah, Purchase. Okay. Up in Westchester. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, you're familiar? Yes, yes, okay. yes. So, you know SUNY. You, you probably spent some time up in New York, Yeah, I spent right? a little bit of time in, in New York. I worked yeah. in Buffalo for a bit. Okay. Um... So I would always go down to Southern Tier, some yep. other spots, and um, did a show actually at Southern Tier. Very cool. recently, yeah. Good people, and Buffalo has a cool scene, and it, that whole Western New York. Then even getting back into like um, going all the way into the actual city of New York, and yep. this is cool. Like, there's a really interesting beer scene. I think the wine scene is a little better, but. The beer scene is pretty cool, too. It's, it's growing very, very quickly. Yeah. New York has got some incredible, like, uh, Captain Lawrence is one of my favorite breweries of all time. Oh, yeah. Brooklyn, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about beer the way that we are if it weren't for guys like Garrett Oliver. Right. Um, so what he's done, what um, Tom Potter and Steve Hindy have done for the industry, I mean, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Brooklyn Brewery. Um, and they were doing it back in the... In the nineties, when, right, really, when nobody really, was doing it, yeah, there like wasn't, there wasn't and, a beer scene. and they were being distributed pretty far even back then. I think, I think Brooklyn is, I think that brewery, I think they're like in 37, 38 states. Yeah, they're in an awful lot right now. Yeah, I think like with Southern Tier in thirty, I think thirty-eight, thirty-nine states. Mm-hmm. How many states are you guys in right now? Right now, we we're, in, we're in six states. Ninety-eight mm-hmm. percent of our beer stays in the state of Florida. Good. Yeah, we have a tough enough time keeping up to man in our home state, which is a good spot to be in. Obviously, right. I means people are drinking it and they're loving it. Yes, which is awesome. But we send a little bit to Alabama, Georgia, Richmond, Virginia, Philly, and New York, just to trickle up to New York. Richmond, Virginia, interesting. Yep. That's a, that's Star Hill, and they get a lot of DC stuff. So that's an interesting market. Man, Richmond has got such an incredible beer scene. They yeah. have um, Strange Ways Brewing up there. They do some great beer. There's Hardywood Park. There's, yes. Um, we're also good buddies with uh, the guys from the Answer Brew Pub. Oh, and, I love the Answer, yeah. And the guys that run Mekong. Um, okay. Have you ever been to Mekong yes. there? Yes, yes. That was one of the most surprising places I've ever been the first time I was there. Because of the, the where it's located and getting there. Yeah. And- well, when I went up there for the first, this was like 2011, the first time I was up there, maybe 2012. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Oliver, who works for Terrapin, yeah. said, "Oh, you're going to Richmond. You got to go by the, or you got to go by Mekong. It's this really cool Vietnamese restaurant that has a good beer list." Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I'm going to walk in and see like a couple IPAs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's cool for a, a Vietnamese restaurant. No. I walk in, he's got three BFM beers on draft. Yes. He's got Brewery Tart of Darkness. He's got um, all this shit that you don't see anywhere. Right. And the cool thing is. If you talk to the right person, they'll pair your beer with your meal. And so, yeah, you can like to dim sum paired with a really cool brew that goes perfectly with it. And, yeah. And they even, like, make some of their recipes to go specifically with certain beers. Exactly, so, yeah. Man, that is, it, it'll blow your mind. And it's pretty reasonably priced for the area. And, and the food's killer as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a guy named An who's the owner. He runs the beer program. He's a total lunatic. He's totally out of his yeah, mind. Gotta love those people. But um, man, what he what he does with that place is really incredible. It's one of my favorite places to drink in the world. Nice, nice. And by the way, guys, listen to Beer It Is on the C-SPAN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. Beer my man, um, Neil Callahan. I want to call him Nick because I guess we're here in Wild Heaven. And I keep talking about Nick Purdy. 
because he is purdy. But isn't he though? He is. I think Eric's a little purdy though. I can say that. <laughs> Fair enough. It depends. It depends on who you ask when you ask him, right? He's, he's got that soft round face. He's very. He handsome. does, man. But and he doesn't have the neck beard thing going, so just kind of chill, mm-hmm. kind of relaxed. But you have a good beard, so you know, oh, well, they make you. it work. But um, <laughs> from there, man, Florida. Yeah. I know Tampa kind of owns that state as far as beer, but what are some things you've kind of seen in Florida recently, man? I'm, I'm lucky enough I get to travel an awful lot within Florida, again, because almost all of our beer stays in Florida. Right, right. Um, every kind of major city has its own really unique but really, really fucking cool beer scene. Right. Um, in Orlando, you've got a place like Red Light, Red Light. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I'll mention them in the same breath as the Brick Store. They do some amazing world, beer, yeah. some world-class beer. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacksonville's got a really great beer scene as well. They've got um, Intuition up there. They've got Ardwolf. They've got some really... Uh, yeah, Engine in, in, 15, yep. um, who's really good. Bold City. Bold City, there. yeah. I mean, they have some really cool, different breweries that do some really fun things. And and in Miami, every time I go down to Miami, there's like five new breweries. Jeez. You know, Jay Wakefield's doing his thing down there. I love Jay Wakefield. He yeah. makes some wonderful beer. Um, Winwood does some amazing beer down there. MIA, those guys are those guys are killing right. it. So, um, and then, of course, Funky Buddha. Yep, yep. So, is there is there is there a rivalry in Florida? Is it friendly? Is, is it a little... I, I mean, it sounds like lip service. It sounds like I'm totally, you know, blowing smoke up your ass, but yeah. the rising tide carries all ships. Everybody in Florida is looking out for everybody else. Nice. I like that. I mean, in Tampa, if we're out of, like, Galaxy Hops, we can call up Coppertail and go, hey, man, could we borrow, like, 10 pounds of Galaxy? Oh, yeah, no problem. Or, awesome. or a smaller brewery will call us up and say, hey, we just bought this bottling line. We're having this issue. And we'll go, oh, man, yeah, we went through that five years ago. We Absolutely. Wow. Whatever we can do to help you out. Um I, I get that question a lot. Is who, who do you see as competition? I go, every other craft brewery in Florida is our friend, and we want to do everything that we can in our power to help them to, to succeed. If, yeah. you're, if you're making good beer, especially in Florida, we want to do everything we can to help you out. And that is pretty cool because um, I, I do a lot of work in Tallahassee, and um, Byron at Proof, shout out to Proof, yeah. Byron Burroughs. I'm going to come to see you soon, brother. I, I really like what you guys do. They do like the Florida Invitational, and you'd be like, a hundred breweries in, uh, from the state of Florida in the state capital, Tallahassee, just bringing really cool beer. There's about 120 breweries in the state. In the area, uh, I believe we're right around 45 in the Tampa Bay area. So there's, there's, there's still room to grow for like the Gainesville's and the Tallahassee's Absolutely. and the uh, Orlando's of the world. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's cool that every kind of like I said city that's in Tan- or city that's in Florida rather, everybody's looking out for each other. Um, I mean, we wouldn't be where, where we are as a brewery if it weren't for some of the early guys in Tampa Bay, like Tampa Bay Brewing Company, mm-hmm. like Dunedin Brewing. Um, oh, yeah, Dunedin, yeah. If it weren't for those guys, Cigar City wouldn't exist. So for us to be able to repay that a little bit for some of the newer breweries in the area, I mean, we, we want to do everything we can to help them succeed and make it here. So I, before I move back south, I lived in Cleveland, Ohio. say it's probably one of the more famous spots in Atlanta, one of the more famous spots in the country, and I am rapping with a friend, a compadre, mi amigo, and then more, none other than, we'll use your real name just one time, right. and then we're going to the actual, you know, stage name, or um, pseudonym, as we say, my man Dennis Byron, aka Ale Sharpton, what's up, my brother? What's up, man, what's up, this is Ale Sharpton kicking it with the homie. Uh, man, it's great. I, like he said, I'm, I'm in one of the dopest beer bars uh, in the country, if not the world, uh, the Porter. And uh, yeah, it's on and popping, man. We had to be in the element, sip some good ass beer, and, and rap. Yeah, man. So let's get into it with you. Let's start from the beginning, man. Um, went to Morris Brown, then Park Atlanta. No, no. Where, 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 sorry, where'd you go to undergrad? I went to Cornell. Went to Cornell. Yeah. Then how'd you end up in Atlanta? Um, my dad, I was in Shaker Heights, Ohio, and graduated from there high school and then my dad got a dope gig with uh, Emory University doing their uh, capital development fundraising and stuff mm-hmm. and so he's like yo we think about moving to Atlanta I was like I'm with it I miss my, <laughs> I'll miss my homies you know from New York and then like I said uh, Shaker Heights but man big city wide eyed ready to rock and roll man and it was it was awesome that was like a 90 91 that whole family moved but I didn't get oh, down wow. here until 95 See, it was a totally different city from then to now Braves were starting to have a little bit of success so you had that but then more importantly the Olympics coming on and the city changing yep. 
it wasn't exactly a craft beer haven, no, nope. say the least, when you got here. In fact, I don't even think craft beer really existed because Atlanta Brewing Company, aka or Dogwood, yeah. really wasn't around, mm-hmm. and my man Crawford barely was getting the first five seasons started. Yeah, so there just wasn't a scene. So, how did you get into craft beer? Um, being in New York, going to college up there, and then always just being in the artwork and always like looking at the way artwork was designed on bottles, and then I was always in the flavors. My family is a lineage of chefs, uh, so I was always in comparing beer with, with food, and it's just always been like that. And uh, coming here, like you said, there weren't that many breweries. There were a few. Dogwood was my joint. I used to get it in, but I used to hunt to find craft beer. So, like, Oregon Brewery was here. Uh, Sierra Nevada was here at the time, and a couple other joints were available. But um, I was really looking for that hunt to get some good stuff. I always had to have my boys mule good beer in, like Brooklyn Black Chocolate Stout and stuff like that. Oh, nice. So that's kind of what got me the beer scene of me pushing the envelope to try and find good beer and asking the stores to bring that good good. So what would you say was your first good beer? Where I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, you're fine. We can use that language here. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. No, that's fine. We're good. Uh, yeah. uh, you know what? The one I really, I really didn't know about lot about IPAs until I had the Oregon IPA, and I just read about it and how what hops like really are and how it, you know. And then there's a guy, there was this dope brewery man that gave me um, uh, uh, Pinewood man, and they're not around any no Pinehurst, they're not around anymore. They're out of North Carolina, and then Burt Grant, and Ooh. they just really got me to the hop, that extra bitter kind of base to stuff. I was like, yo, I really want to get into brew, and then I started really getting into it. Then I had a little Fin the Moan, and it was a wrap after that. Oh, the Fin the Moan, that, 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 that yeah, is like one of the intro into beer. For me, it's kind of interesting because, you know, growing up in Atlanta um, and then going to school at Georgia Southern before I finished at Clark, um, you know, everybody's drinking PBRs, everybody's drinking yep. Coronas and Heineken's. And it's so bad at Corona with the grenadine, man. Not even like, yeah. you know, so you just didn't know. That was um, a club joint, man. Exactly, man. That's what it was. The lime grenadine, whatever it was. Um, a Newcastle brown ale was the first thing I had that was actually kind of like, kind of crack-ish. Yeah. Kind of. Then I realized that Atlanta Brewing Company made a brown ale. Yep. And that, for me, is where it began. So yep. it's kind of always interesting to ask, like, oh, yeah. where a person began and how they got into it. So... The one I had the murder for, though, was the Brooklyn Black Chocolate Stout. That was oh, yeah. my, I was like, yo, my boy Tosh used to bring us down from D.C. Every time he come visit me in Atlanta, man, we'd be on some business shit, and he would always bring me a, one of those, like a four-pack. I'd beg him to bring me that. Because <laughs> you know what it was, man? Because you couldn't get it. It was, a, it was a 6% limit, and that was one of the things that helped me really push and get with people who were pushing the law, and that kind of established me in the Atlanta scene as one of the beer pioneers, um, really just like, exposing the beer and, and writing about it in like hip-hop magazines and stuff. And by the way, when you say 6%, you mean 6% alcohol per yep. volume, by yeah, volume. Yeah. Yep. And so you see ABV on it, that's yep. what it is. At the time in Georgia, I think was it until like 2006, yeah. 2004. 2004, there yeah. was a ABV limit of 6%, which basically is sessionable, you know, kind of easy to drink because, again, the state just wasn't ready to advance themselves on beer. But what was the ABV on that Brooklyn um, chocolate stout then? Oh, that was still 10%. Oh, that's a big yeah, that's but, a, yeah, that's a big But one, yeah. the thing was also that there were some hands in the business uh, with, that were hindering us from getting the good shit. Mm-hmm. A lot of lobbying going on and stuff like that where they had that comfort zone, that Bible Belt comfort zone type right. thing going on. So they weren't really trying to welcome in a lot of hardcore beers. But in the same vein, you could go ahead and get liquor and stuff like that at 80%. Right. You know what I mean? Or wines or, or can do whatever. Proof, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that same thing, distilleries, they can do whatever they want. And I tell you one place you can always do what you want. 80 proof, 40% is what I mean. I tell you one place you can always do what you want. Here on Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. Today I'm with the homie, L. Sharpton. And we're at the border, wrapping beer. So, how long would you say you've been, I guess, a beer journalist or beer writer in particular? You know what? I started really writing in 95. Wow. I started writing in 95, man. Um, I was always drinking brew since junior year of high school. Right, right, right. Uh, but I was always still that dude who come in with a six-pack of long brow where everybody's having 40s and stuff when Easy e and the eight ball was popping. <laughs> I was drinking long brows, chilling in the corner like, yo, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling with this. Yeah. Not to say I didn't drink OE because that was my, you know, money was a little tight when I was going to Cornell. So I was getting it in on the OE. One, you sip, and two, you about to fight somebody. So I kept, I kept that at one and a half. One and a half. Just enough to maybe if somebody yeah, scuffs, yeah. The, scuffs the Air Force One, you no may doubt. get a little mad. No but, doubt. Absolutely. You know, not enough to actually really just be out here violently engaging, no right? But um, so then, like I said, you're going from the OE's, low and brow. 
Um, and you, you like, like I said, you like the Cleveland. So did you ever drink a lot of like old style with out of Milwaukee? You ever drink a lot of that uh, Matty Bowes out of Baltimore and that stuff? Uh, no, we didn't get access to that. Oh uh, yeah, because it's just a, yeah, it was away. Cleveland. Cleveland it was people were drinking OE, um, brass. Uh, what was it? Oh, oh, MD. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of the more major out there brands, but Cleveland's beer scene has developed so much since then. But like, oh, again, crazy. I was. Drinking, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get into yeah, that a little bit. I was drinking Michelob and and, and Lone Brown stuff yeah. like that with the dope labels. Because there was no Great Lakes, there was no Hoppin' Frog, there was no Thirsty Dog, and we're definitely <laughs> getting into that. So. Well, well, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to move from up north to where your roots are, up in Shaker. Shout out to Shaker, man. I, I, I lived there when I was in Cleveland. That's right. So. We had some Cleveland roots. You yeah, man. Yeah, man. I had some really good times in that city, man. And I would say Atlanta is where I learned to craft beer. I would say Cleveland is where I got my graduate course yeah. in the game because, I mean, there's so many great breweries. But for you, like, when you, when you do get back up there, where do you go? My boy, uh, Cam Newton. I call Cam Bruton. But his name is uh, Cam Miller. Uh, he took me around. He's really into beer. I kind of got him into it, and he's just skyrocketed from there, writing about beer and stuff like that. So he took me a spot called Red, White, and Brew, which was sick, and it was oh, like yeah. out in Buford or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, we went downtown by the um, farmers market. The um, oh West Twenty Fifth. Oh um, my gosh, Market yeah. Garden. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, dude. Yeah. Market Garden. And by it the was way. like a brewery on the corner too, yeah, like a um, uh, brew pub. Brew, okay. And then so, there's like a Belgian spot across the street that was really hella like upscale and dope. Yeah. And then the market, I think it was called Market or something. It was like a okay. So so over over in the area, if you're talking about West Twenty Fifth, because yeah. um, that's where Great Lakes is. Okay, yeah, and the Great Lakes is like I call them the Sweetwater of Cleveland. I mean, they're the yeah, Great Lakes is original. Down yeah, down. original, old school, yeah. been there forever. Yeah, and that Christmas sale when it comes out <laughs> still shuts it down. Wait, what's the stout they make? That's crazy. The, uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. It is the and it's a nine point five percent stout. It'll hit. It'll um, hit me in a, a blackout. Blackout stout. Yeah, yeah. blackout stout. Yep, that is it. Um, in fact, I got somebody mulling me some down recently. Nice. Shout out to you. Keep listening on Beer It Is because right. I really appreciate that. Uh, and they're barrel aging the, the blackout stout this year. So, Ooh. yeah, we'll be we'll, okay. we'll get on that. I'll make sure I get I got you. some stuff for you, too. And see, that's how we do this thing. But um, in that area, you have Great Lakes just in that one little spot. And you have like the Market Garden, which is a restaurant, mm-hmm. group up, and they do some really cool stuff. Then you have Platform. Mm-hmm. I mean... So, like, what's it like when you go back? You got like, get overwhelmed because there's so much good beer in such man, a small area. Yeah. When we were walking around and showing me all these spots, man, I felt like shedding a tear of how beautiful the beer scene was in Cleveland. I'm like, it's arrived. It's here. Right. And just in general, craft beer, getting love in different municipalities throughout the country, man. I love that, man. And, and, and it, it's because people are cool who are behind it. There are not a lot of dicks in the brewing scene. Yeah, know, they really aren't. The most of the people. And people just enjoy themselves. There's, there's a beer around. I don't see a lot of people having an issue. Like, it's good times, man. Like we're having right now, sipping this good-ass beer. So, man, tell me about what beer you're, you're sipping on, man. What'd you get? And I got the, uh, well, I always try to show love locally. So, I got the Gangster Scofflaw, which is a new brewery. Scofflaw. I had them out on, this year. So. had them on episode 10, man. Oh, good people, yeah, man. Shout out to those guys, Good man. people. I love those dudes, man. Shout out to Scofflaw and yeah, um, JP this, that crew, yeah, 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 JP, my man. Solitary Mosaic, which is six point eight percent, which is around my range. I like six to seven with my IPAs, man. And this one's got a little spiciness to it. It's and a single hop, right? Tropical notes to it, man. These dudes know what the, the hell they're doing, man. Yeah, um, my, I think my favorite thing is they have an Upper West Side IPA, uh-huh. which is, I mean, Basement's I like my, good too. I like my IPAs in a ten percent range, but oh, I can right. give you a double IPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they just. Their brewery facility, man, the water treatment alone yeah. is sheer brilliance to me. Like the way they, they they do carbon and they do reverse osmosis. A lot of places even do one right. or the other. Right. They do both. So they strip the water all the way down. Right, right. And then they place the minerals back. Yeah. For whatever style of beer it is, that's no, really dope. Because a lot of times with the water sources, which is great, you're bringing that up mm-hmm. uh, to show your expertise in it, uh, could be too hard or too soft. Right, it kind of throws some of the, the beer's elements off. So for them to care that much about their water uh, quality really means a lot and shows in their beer. Their beer is fucking phenomenal. So. Yeah, I mean they do a really good job, man. And haven't got into the absentia yet, which is their stout. Which again, mm-hmm. they take it all the way down. They they make it as if though it was an island. So they study the you know the the water placements and treatments for everywhere they do, and then they just go crazy with it, man, with the malts and just everything. They make that beer really well, man. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I know it's hard to ask because everybody, first of all, like, whenever I go to a brewery, as a young black dude, hmm. well, relatively young, I guess, right? I guess early 30s is Young as you young, live, bro. Young as you live, right? Um, 
And, you know, I'd say, hey, I'm a beer writer, beer podcaster, food writer. And the first thing, hey, do you know Will Sharpton? You know? <laughs> like, I heard him. He's all right. <laughs> but um, what ends up happening is so many people like it. So I know it's going to be a tough question to ask because so many people, you know, love you and what you do. But if you had four or five breweries just in the state that you had to say, okay, these are the tops. Who would oh, you start man. with? I know. I know. Um. It's all love for all the breweries, number one, because you know, I know it's so damn hard to make beer and to start a business. Um, so with that disclaimer out the way, um, in the state, I'm um, going with Creature Comforts. Shout out. Uh, damn, I wish I could say Scofflaw. I just want to get a couple more brews from them, but they're definitely, as we discussed earlier, going to be one of the best uh, in the state, straight up. Um, Sweetwater, I just got to do it just because of the whole experience they deliver. Mm-hmm. And now they're having like a, a one-and-done kind of thing with four of them are one-and-done on pilot experimental systems, which I've been waiting for them to do. And now that they're doing it, they're they're in the mix. Yeah, shout out to um, Nick not getting actually kind of... That's my guy, man. Getting it kind of through again. Yeah, um, I'm working on getting them on. I, I finally actually got to really sit down with Nick for a minute. Who, by the way, loves you, by the way. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, seriously. Like, That's cool. Speaks very highly of you. That's right. Um, and just kind of got the rap of him. And actually, he kind of took me and showed me the pilot system, man. Oh, man, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Like, and he's happy. He's like, he's got a whole new playground again of doing things. Right. Because um, I mean, when you're brewing on a 400-barrel system, yeah. ain't no room for, there isn't much room for experiment. No. Nah. But when you kind of take it down a little bit, and I mean, their pilot system is bigger than some places' actual yeah. brewery. So, I mean, it's still not small. Right. But it allows for some experimentation and some fun in the tasting room when, for people who are able to go. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if I could uh, say three taverns as well, just because there's a whole different style they're bringing in of Belgian. My man, you over there. So, yeah, yeah. Shout out to them. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Um, there's just so many, man, and, and then there's brew pubs. So it was like, yeah. like Orpheus has got the sours going. So I'm gonna take people to the styles that they like, and that's yeah. what Atlanta has now. And Georgia, like, what style is your joint? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay, well, I'm gonna take you to this brewery that specializes in these kind of beers. Right. But pubs, man, Wrecking Bar, you're kicking it. The food is phenomenal. Right, right. Um, so we just just cheat, cheat and go to a beer bar and then try all the different beers and see which one is your joint. Well, I, I, I tell you. Um, uh, what's Max's Spices? Lager, yeah, Max Lager, still doing her thing. Really Max Lager's got a whole new beer department upstairs. Now. Really, they got hella taps. Yeah. Okay, so I need to go check yeah, out Max. Yeah, shout out to Brother Jay. Yeah, I'll connect you with the owner. He's super cool. Man, and that's the thing where I don't think people realize how far Atlanta is coming and doing it.